everyone. It's April, and Tony and I are here this week to bring you some more Veronica stuff. And, of course, my update, my pet update. Well, things are going pretty well here. Um, today is a big day. I'm, I have a 93-year-old neighbor. I'm sure you've talked about her before. She owned um, Valentina and Peppy. Both dogs have now passed away. And so that leaves Jeanette. 93 years old, sitting down in her house by herself without a dog. And so April it jumps to the moment, and I found her a senior 12-year-old chihuahua because she can't handle a big dog anymore. She's 93. She needs a dog that's teeny-weeny. I found a chihuahua. Now, of course, it's an hour away, but the dog is there. It's a very sweet one. They found it roaming on the streets and they're getting it all ready for me. And Jeanette, I'm taking her today to get her new dog, 4 o'clock. It's going to be a bit of a drive because it's Friday, but they they wanted me to pick it up today. That So I've got it all ready to go. And Jeanette and I are going to go get her a new dog. She needs a focus. She needs something to love. She needs to be taking care of a little dog. And this is going to be much better for her. Her other two dogs were like 25, 30 pounds. And it was really hard for her, because she's so old now, to take them for a walk, you know, deal with them. She had to deal with them one at a time. And they were nice, really wonderful dogs, but way too big for a 93-year-old. So when this all came down, um, I said, well, we'll just get you another dog. And she said, oh, I want one like that. I said, no, 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 no. We're going to get you a, pound, a 10 pound or less dog because that's going to be easier for you to handle. So I did find one. He, she is, and she needed a girl dog because you know how do, little boy dogs sometimes lift their leg. And she's 93. She can't deal with all that nonsense. So I found this little Chihuahua. She's 12. She's an hour away. And the cutest little face ever. And when Jeanette saw her, and we looked at a lot of them. We went through the shelters, and we looked at a lot of them. And when that little dog came up, bam, she pointed to the, that's the dog I want. I said, okay. So I've made the arrangements. I've talked to the shelter. And they said she's in fairly good shape. She does have a small lump on her side, but they don't think it's anything. But they have to disclose all that stuff when they have you adopt them. So today is a big day. I am picking Jeanette up after we do tape the show today, and we're going to go to Camarillo, which is a good hour away, and Friday it's probably two hours away, <laughs> so we're going to go get this dog, because they have a rule that if you call in and you sign up for the dog, they want it out the same day, and I wasn't taking any chances on losing this dog, so I've rearranged my schedule today, and that's what we're doing. We're going to go get her, and Jeanette's already named her Olive, because she has these Big, brown, black eyes. I mean, just huge. And she said, they look like little black olives, her eyes. And she said, I think I'm going to name her Olive. So I took my neighbor, 93, who was in despair because her two senior dogs have passed away. And now she's all excited again. Now, granted, this is a 12-year-old dog that's probably been through a lot of crap. Probably won't last forever. But Jeanette's 93. She doesn't have a lot of time either. So she says, I don't care. I just need someone to nurture. And I said, well, the dog may last six months. It may last a year. We don't know. And she said, well, she says, I might last six months, and I might be gone in a year. So we're in the same boat. So 
a lucky little chihuahua who's had a rough time is going to have a good rest of her life because Jeanette has nothing to do but hold this dog, pet this dog, feed this dog. That's exactly what this little chihuahua needs because the way everything fell into place, it was like, that's the dog. I mean, everything just fell into place. So I'm in my car making an excursion to Camarillo today to get that dog. And Jeanette, she hasn't smiled this big in a couple months. So <laughs> I said, it's a win-win for me because everybody's happy. So, Tony, how's everybody going on over where you're at? Any stray dogs? Any chihuahuas? Nope, nope. We're all good over here. Um, Duke, Alex, Ringo, Q, everybody's doing fine. And um, nothing new to report, thank God. Oh, I'm that's good always good. That. I'm good with that. Yes. And I have to report that Guinness is responding really well to the coconut oil. I, I finally got the dosage right. I was give, I, I started out small and I got, I got a little over anxious and I made it like a teaspoon in the morning and night. It did give him some diarrhea. So I had to adjust it. But the energy that he is portraying to me now is more focused. He seems to be less agitated. Um, and his dementia, I would say it's gone down 30, 40%. Because he was starting yeah. to get, like, he almost didn't know me. Almost. And since I've been giving him the coconut oil, he's back to Guinness. So for those of you out there that are experiencing this kind of stuff with your dog, I mean, I'm all for going to the vet. I'm all for getting the medications. I'm all for going to see a nutritionist for your dog. I'm all for that. But at the end of the day, it's got to be, you know, you got to get, you got to go, you got to go for the gusto. I guess that's the word for it. So I'm happy to report that Guinness is doing good. And in most cases, my regular vet said, oh, you should just put him down. He's going to be a lot of work. And I looked at this guy and I went, so, the point? And he goes, I, I get it. He said, but I had to say that. I said, sad for you that you had to say that. <laughs> really sad. And I've known this vet for a long time, and he knows how much I love Guinness. And he says, look, April, if you're willing to put in the work, I don't doubt that that dog's going to live to be 30 because he's going to be 19 in July, guys. And for a little Sheltie, that's amazing. Now, he walks around, and he still has moments where he doesn't, he, forget, he forgets he eats. He forgets when he goes outside how to get back in the house sometimes. Um, sometimes I'll be talking to him, and he does have bad ears, and he's blind in one eye, so sometimes the communication's a little off, but he's happy. He bounds out the door every morning. He takes his herbs. He takes his coconut oil. He's taking the pharmaceutical, the one I have him on, that regulates his heartbeat. Um, he's still having a great time. And he's still telling everybody off. He tells the cats off every day. He tells the peacocks off every day. And I figure as long as he's doing that, it's a good thing. And he's enjoying sure. life. Now, he's slow. He's, you know, that, that doesn't run anymore. Let's put it that way. But he's having a good time. He still loves his mama. And he still wants to boss everyone around. So as long as he's doing that, I'm doing the coconut oil, I'm doing the herbs, and I'm doing the medication. Just, you know, because the longer he's here, the better it is for me. So, Tony, I'm going to go off and get Veronica. All right. Okay. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to the show today. Um, good questions. And I encourage you, as I always do, to write in 
to innerwhispersradio.com, and that's I-N-N-E-R whispersradio.com. Are you there, Veronica? Mm, Indeed we are. Good day to you. Good day to you. Our first question is coming from Perry. Veronica, can you give us a glimpse of what a day would be like for a loved one who has crossed over? How often are they at our side? Well, first of all, there is no day. There is no time. There is no marking of time, nor is there any differentiation. It's it's one continuous open arena of awareness. You have to remember that the eternal place is nothing like the linear. There's no time. There's no measurement. It is a state of existence that is all-knowing, all-wonderful, and goes on forever if you want it to. They're always available to be at your side. There's no schedule of, okay, I'm doing this at 2 o'clock, I'm doing this at 4 o'clock. They sit in a perpetual state of bliss. They exist in a perpetual state of expanded awareness. If they want to focus in on something, they certainly can. And a lot of energies that cross over that have left loved ones behind, that's the first thing they want to do is focus in on the energies of those that they love. Now, if they feel that those energies are requiring some extra attention that maybe those in the linear are not giving them, they will do it. They check in consistently. But it's not like day-to-day-to-day for them. It is a consistent, expanded awareness. And they can move to your side with a snap of what your linear fingers can make. So know that they are having experiences, but by no means is it linear at all. All right, our next question is coming from Julie. Can you comment on whether ETs are living or visiting among us? Of course they're here. They've been here. They intermingle with your culture all the time. Now, we know your culture likes to tell scary stories, and we know your culture likes to work everybody up sometimes with fear. There are many extraterrestrials that exist in your culture. They come, they hang out. Sometimes they live here, sometimes they don't. But they are benevolent with a B, not malevolent with an M. They want to help. They know that, you know, the earth is going through some very strange things, and they're trying to help you all make, you know, keep the status quo of the energy. But they do come. And they care about humans. They know, and some of those, these creatures that come in from other places, they've been through exactly what the world, Earth is going through and the population upon it. So, what better references and what better connection can you have with an energy who's already gone through it all? That would be a wonderful connection. So, yes, they're here. They visit. They live, and they help. Okay. Our next question is coming from Tim. Animals lick their wounds for natural healing. I have heard that our saliva is very good for healing wounds as well. Is this true? Yes. Your saliva 
which is the liquid that you know is in your mouth, is a natural antibacterial antibacterial agent. So we know in your culture that they want to do everything a little bit higher level, like take you to the hospital and you know heal the wound and stitch it up and all that. But if you find yourself in a position where there's none of that's available, and let's say you cut yourself, lick it because your saliva antibacterial and antibacterial in a way that is very aligned with your biology because it's your saliva. Yes, it works. Uh, it is something that has been in existence for a very long time. Now, we're not advocating everybody to cut yourself or hurt yourself or some way to lick it, but it is a moment that could be helpful if you find yourself in conditions where you don't have anything. And, you know, Earth sometimes gets in those places where there's nothing else. So it's good information to have. That's why you see when a dog or a cat or something, when they hurt themselves, they lick that wound because they know on a very high level that that's going to help heal the wound. And sometimes dogs and cats don't have any access to medical attention and live through a wound, which you find, well, humans sometimes find it hard to believe. How does a dog make it through this injury? But it did. And that's because it was using its saliva to take the bacterial out. And a lot of times it's bacteria infections that take you out. So, yes, it is true. Okay, our next question is coming from Don. My question is about problems with our teeth. Have people always had trouble with their teeth, or is it just in the current time frame? Well, the teeth are very important. Sometimes in a DNA biological kind of way, you might inherit teeth that aren't as sound as maybe someone else's are. And there are people who come in with what we'll call bad teeth. They tend to rot or tend to, you know, come loose and all that. People have always had trouble with teeth, but it became more predominant when sugar was introduced. And that was somewhere in the middle 1500s, in the Elizabethan era, maybe around 1575 or so. Those in nobility started having a lot of trouble with their teeth when the sugar was introduced. Sugar, if it stays on your teeth and you don't clean your teeth properly, they will bore a hole into your teeth and create and wreak havoc with your teeth. We say that started happening more and more and more around 1575, 1580, because it wasn't a real common practice to brush the teeth or use fluoride treatments. They didn't have any of that. And if you look historically back on other civilizations that did not have any access to sugar, when they found their bodies and they looked at the skull, a lot of those people in these ancient cultures, and they did this in Pompeii, Italy, where those who were covered with the mud and when they had the, you know, the volcanic action, and they would take the people and they would look at them when they found them in the lava. Everyone in Pompeii had wonderful teeth. They found very minuscule amounts of decay. And the teeth were sound. The teeth were still like they could be used. So the current time frame since 1580 has created a 
very sad, bad condition for teeth. If you're eating a lot of sugar, you better be cleaning your teeth really well and using some fluoride treatments because you got them now. Sugar has wreaked havoc upon humans' mouths. Now, we're just talking about the immediate since Christ, you know, A.D., that's when all this happened. If you go further back, you will see that there were some other times where sugar was introduced and the same thing happened. But you'd have to go back up several hundred thousand years to find that information. And it's not readily available. But we can tell you that it is a thing that happened. So somewhere in the 1500s, 1550 to 1580, sugar was introduced again. And, of course, only the nobility had the opportunity to have that kind of sugar. So it was the nobility that was losing their teeth, if you check all the records. So it's interesting. But we say, yeah, problems with the teeth really arise when you don't keep them clean and if you eat a lot of sugar without cleaning the teeth. All right, Veronica, that was our last question. And if you would like to take a break and come back and give the message to the world. All right. Okay. Hello, everyone, and I hope you enjoyed the show today. Um, interesting question about teeth. Really is. Um, first time since I've been doing this show with April and Veronica, uh, there's been a question about teeth. I think it's very interesting. I think it opens up a whole avenue of different conversations. But... I encourage you to write in to innerwhispersradio.com and don't be shy. Are you there, Veronica? Yes, we are. Are you ready for us to speak again? Yes. Yes. All right. We will speak. Let's talk today about kindness. Let's talk today about perhaps putting others and energies that need help before yourself. It's very easy in physical reality to become very engrossed in oneself and in one's ego. It's very easy to become disturbed and allow your ego to irritate you when confronted with dramas and situations that don't appeal to you. The first reaction when something doesn't appeal to you is usually a negative comment or some sort of negative action. And somewhere along the way, kindness gets the back seat. And we think you all should bring kindness to the front seat. Now, that doesn't mean you give people a pass if they're acting poorly. It doesn't mean that you condone bad behavior. It means that instead of passing a harsh judgment before you know the whole story, probably a good way to go. A lot of people, you don't know what they're going through. And perhaps they may have participated in words or actions that, to you, were difficult to hear. Or you found you just didn't have the patience to hear them. Instead of immediately jumping to judgment about somebody's choices or their actions, it's best to Look at them with a kind eye and maybe consider where that bad behavior came from and not give them a pass 
but give them a positive feedback and don't treat them with such distaste or distrust and and come at them with the like, well, you need some help. How can I be helpful to you? And I'm really sorry for your situation, but your behavior is not good, and let, let's work together to try to change that. Be kind. You never know what people are going through. You have no idea. People could be walking around, and they could be having the burden stones on their shoulders from things that have happened, and so they react a little bit negatively to stuff. Start giving people the benefit of the doubt. Not a free pass, but a benefit of the doubt. And instead of wanting to condemn, convict, and torture, <laughs> say, let's try to find a way to reach a conclusion here that's kinder and make the process kinder so that the person who's having the difficult problems can maybe soften a bit and maybe get down to what's really bothering them. Kindness is something that is not readily available on your planet at the moment. We suggest that all of you take some time to think about your reactions to everybody, your perspectives about the world, and clean them up a bit and make them kinder. Don't get yourself so worked up in a negative way. Decide that you're going to give them the benefit of the doubt. Not, again, not the free pass, but approach them with perhaps a kinder moment instead of a negative one. So put kindness on your list for the coming week and see what happens. Thank you, Veronica. That was a great message. And I want to thank everyone for listening to the show today. We'll be back with you next week with more questions. Until then, have a good weekend. Bye-bye.